Nas Podcast. Get ready. It's going to be a crazy episode. Fabricating all falsehoods, stories told, can't trust me. In average life, nobody has lost track of reality. If you saw this happen, you wouldn't believe your eyes. This crazy perky straight teller down right by. Greetings and welcome to the world of ultimate truth. That is the Downright Lives podcast. Uh, I am your host, Big Dirty Monster, and uh, let's see, this is the seventh episode of the first season. I'm uh, really glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, uh, you've really missed a lot of um, really exciting stories from, let's see, my time in Brazil, Colorado, um, Greece, and uh, various other places. Um, let's see. And this week's story is no different. It's going to be very exciting. Um, let's see. First of all, though, um, you know, we get a lot of voicemail messages here, uh, from all over the world. And, um, honestly, frankly, some of them are in languages I don't speak. Um, but it really seemed unfair to me if I never played, voicemails in different languages because these are downright lies truthers who have things to say that um, people in this world need to hear. I mean, we've got listeners from all over the world. I mean, we're talking Pakistan, we're talking Ireland, uh, Germany, Brazil, all over. So um, with that said, I think it's only fair that I'm going to play um, a voicemail from a uh, downright lies truther who is you know, frankly, I, I can't understand any of it. I don't know if it's Italian or Russian or whatnot, but, um, you know, for some of you, it's going to make a lot of sense. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. So here we go. Joey, how are you? I hope you're fantastic. Uh, listen, I was tuning into your podcast and I think it's great. Yeah, I think you're getting pretty good at this. I eat stories for breakfast and right now I'm very hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic, I know. The first thing is I thought that you and I were the same. We've done all the same things. I used to beat up girly men in my backyard, too. I hope you left enough room for my stick, because I'm going to ram it in your stomach. <laughs> That's great, I know. I've traveled through portals. I used to go into the past to go get John Connor, and like you, I've been to a rainforest. But instead of fighting a girly snake, I killed an alien. But then I heard your story about fighting an alien and I knew that we were like brothers. It's kind of like that movie from the 80s, you know, where the guys are twins, but they look totally different, right? right? I'm the tall, muscular one, and you are the leftover crap. You are! Who are you kidding with these stories? You lack discipline. It's time for you to get your story straight. One alien wiped out my whole squad and you beat it up by yourself? Yeah, right. Come on. Don't bullshit me. You need to tell the truth. Come on. Stop lying. The next time you're in California, come find me and we'll settle it like men. Come on. I'm here. I'm right here. Come on. Come get me. Do it. Do it now. All right. So, um, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't speak the language. I, I don't know Vietnamese. Uh, I don't know Spanish. I, I have no idea. But uh, for those of you who do, I hope that that really helps you feel uh, like you're a part of this community more so. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I'm. I'm just really glad that we're 
uh, involving our international uh, group of downright lies truthers. Um, that said, let's go ahead and uh, get into this week's story. Dittmer, Missouri, 1994. Church camp as a nine-year-old was the pinnacle of summer. A five-day smorgasbord of swimming, singing, crafting, and various outdoor activities. No other summer event could compare. This year proved to be different, though. Our church had secured a new location for our annual children's camp, and it was vastly different. This location was not in Babbler State Park, where we had spent many a summer before. This was a new retreat center with many amenities that we had not experienced before air-conditioned bunk rooms, an ice cream machine, and her. When we first arrived at camp, I noticed an adult I had never seen before. He was a stocky Italian man with large hands and a dark mustache. He was unloading children's luggage from a dark blue Dodge Caravan as we walked past him from the bus. As we went through the doors into the main building, I mused about what new children would be joining us at camp this week. We were quickly escorted through the entry hall and up a set of stairs to our designated rooms. The retreat center's bunk rooms felt more like a hotel than a cabin. We quickly dropped our suitcases, selected our beds, and made our way back down to the combination main meeting room and dining area for dinner. Campers were still filing in to the front doors, so we were asked to entertain ourselves in the meeting section of the room while everyone got their rooms situated and while dinner was finished being prepared. While I waited for dinner, I heard two sounds, my stomach growling and a group of girls standing in a circle and loudly singing. Little Sally Walker walking down the street. She didn't know what to do, so she stopped in front of me. She said, hey girl, do your thing, do your thing, switch. Hey girl, do your thing, do your thing, switch. They were all wildly gesticulating as one girl would dance around the circle, looking for a victim eh, or participant. I suppose that all depends on whether you like dancing in front of other people or not. As the girls enjoyed their game, my nine-year-old stomach filled with butterflies. There, singing loudly and appearing to have the time of her life, was a skinny, dark-haired girl with large-framed glasses. I had never felt these feelings and was really concerned. As I held my stomach, I also noticed that my right shoulder blade was itching and twitching something fierce all of a sudden. My eyes remained locked on the beautiful creature who continued to gyrate and laugh, unaware of me completely. I reached up over my shoulder and felt a thin shaft of wood protruding from my back. What the? I muttered to myself as I tried to yank the arrow from where it was lodged. After several hard tugs, the shaft pulled free. As I tried to examine it, though, it melted away into a weird pinkish-red mist. Dumbfounded, I looked up and around the large room crowded with children. In the far corner, a cherub was gently fluttering his wings and angrily glaring in my direction. I looked around to see who else he might be looking at, but saw no one else paying any attention to him. I turned back to him and mouthed, me? while gesturing to myself. Without so much as a nod, the little baby-faced angel let loose another arrow at me. My mastery of several forms of martial arts, as well as my gold medal level gymnastics training, allowed me to effortlessly dodge the dart. 
I turned to see whom else might be struck, but my fears were allayed when the arrow again disappeared into that mist, when it missed its intended target. Me! You vile demon! I shouted at the tiny-winged, angelic Roman god of desire. He answered with another arrow, which I batted away with an ease that Neo would find impressive. Cupid's right eye began to twitch with anger. He tossed his tiny little bow down and reached behind himself, where he magically pulled out a Gatling-style crossbow. It really was an ingenious little tool. As he turned the crank, the crossbow not only fired a dart, but it also restrung the wire for the next arrow. I would have liked to have had more time to examine the contraption, but I was in no way ready to be in love with a girl. I was, after all, only nine years old. I picked up a chair and held it up. Dozens of darts punched into the back of the chair as I ran sideways across the room. When I think back on that moment, I always wonder what other people were thinking as I ran madly across the room, holding up that chair. I always assumed they could not see the deity doing his work. This left them with a strange child streaking across the room, shouting angrily and holding up a chair. Anyway, infuriated, Cupid threw down his crossbow and pulled out what appeared to be a modern-era, military-style assault rifle. He pulled on a soldier's helmet with a red heart on the front and lit a cigarette. I dove behind a couch just in time as a barrage of red bullets whistled around me. Hunkered down, I did my best to try and formulate an escape route. The couch was beginning to deteriorate from all of the impacts. Looking around for an answer, I happened to notice a track and field discus lying beneath the couch. Aha! I shouted. I grabbed the disc and dove over the couch, spinning as I went. I used my spinning momentum to hurl the discus as hard as I could. As I am sure you can expect, I struck the tiny, baby, angelic being smack in the gut. Cupid let out an oof sound and dropped his rifle. I got up and ran as swiftly as I could towards the nearest exit, but I was not quick enough. I heard the enraged cherub shriek in anger, and I turned to see him pull out what can only be described as a shockingly large laser gun from who knows where. He flipped down a welder's mask and let loose with a vibrant red ray of light that struck me dead in the center of my chest. I tumbled backwards and rolled into the circle of girls singing their song. I looked up and saw the most radiant seven-year-old the world has ever known. I broke into a wide grin and stared longingly at her. She seemed confused, staring back at what appeared to be a clumsy oaf laying at her feet. We all know, of course, that clumsy is the furthest adjective from the truth when it comes to describing me, but from her perspective at the moment, it made sense. I'm Joe, I said, staring into her beautiful brown eyes. The circle of girls giggled, and she smiled at me as they all walked away. I rolled over on my stomach, put my elbows on the ground, and rested my face on my two fists, watching the only true beauty I have ever known walk away from me for the first time. Enraged with what the Vikings referred to as the berserker spirit of battle, Cupid flew over to me and let loose his whole quiver of arrows, one by one, into my back. I did not care. My desire just became more acute as he filled my back with his darts. I lazily turned my gaze towards him and saw him sniff in triumph and disappear in another puff of mist. 
I turned back to watch her begin singing with the girls again, further away from me. The week of camp flew by. I began seeing more and more of her as our paths crossed the church. I spent the next eight years studying the great romances of the world, as well as of literature. I studied the wisdom of Solomon in his book, The Song of Songs. I sat at the feet of George Bailey, main character in It's a Wonderful Life, as he tirelessly worked for the good of his community and his family. I learned from Abraham Lincoln as he knit together a broken country, as well as his heart to Mary Todd's. When that young lady entered high school, I asked her to go steady with me. She gave me that same smile and has been my girlfriend ever since. We got married in an elaborate skydiving ceremony after she graduated from high school. We have had a whole slew of children and are looking forward to even more grandchildren. Anyway, that's why she calls me Giuseppe, master of her heart and lord of her loins. I know that uh, lots of you have been wondering how uh, me and uh, Mrs. Dirty Monster met. Well, that was the totally true, unaltered story about how I fell madly in love with her from the first moment I saw her. There has never been another who has had my heart. Only her. And it's going to remain that way for all of eternity. Uh, let's see. Anyway, I want to give a... A big uh, thank you to Matthew Jameson for the music for this podcast. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at mjameson23. Uh, let's see. I'd also like to say thanks to my brother, William, uh, for all the artwork for this podcast. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at westparkcreativestl. If you're looking for me, the truth giver, that's Big Dirty Monster on Instagram. And uh, let's see. You can also send me an email at downright lies pod at gmail.com um again frankly i've been really getting annoyed with all the requests about um dax shepherd and i um so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him if it's okay to share uh the story that happened earlier this year um i know that everybody wants to know what really happened so uh, i guess for the season finale of this um of this first season i'll go ahead and and share um the true story about uh what well what really happened there um and as you're you know thinking about this podcast this uh, episode and this story and you're thinking about um you know the season finale I, i want you to remember that i always tell the truth